This is a podcast from Minute Media. Oh, <laughs> it would be a wolf's fun, eh? back one and all to the latest Wolves fancast match preview show. Tonight I'll be your host, Little Dan, and I've got with me Gully, Cheltenham Tom, and from across the pond, Chelsea fan, Man Knows Football YouTube channel. Check him out, Goonie. How you doing, gents? Let's quickly move on from that Brighton game because we don't need that hassle in our life. I'm going to try not to touch on Everton beating Chelsea too much, Goonie, for your sake. Yeah. Uh, game week 36 kicks off this weekend. Uh, Wolves away to Chelsea. Some big fixtures to look at uh, to cast your eyes over there. Obviously, Chelsea at home to Wolves. Liverpool at home to Tottenham. Big game in the title race. Man City at home to Newcastle on the back of that big Champions League defeat and exit last night. Uh, guys, <sighs> apart from Chelsea, Wolves, what's the, what's the game that stands out for you there? I'll come to you first, Gully. Um, I would suggest, well, Liverpool-Tottenham. Is 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 clearly going to be a bit of a a bit of a the title race, isn't it? And um, I'm, I'm not sure who else Liverpool have got to play apart from us, but that could be one of the one of their most difficult ties um, in, in terms of securing um, securing the title. But City Newcastle again as well. I mean, the way City fell off in the week, that could have big ramifications for the rest of their season. You just feel like it's that kind of moment where. Yeah, especially against a team like Newcastle, who've been on a serious run and um, have, have played really, really well recently, uh, could take advantage of that. So there could be a fragility there, and Liverpool wouldn't want to set that up nicely with a with the three points uh, to go top of the table before that game on Sunday. So should be intriguing. A couple of tough fixtures for Liverpool: Tottenham at home, followed by Aston Villa away on Tuesday. Uh, any, anything that stands out for you, Tom? Uh, Dan, I think you're missing the fact that they're playing Wolves at home as well in the last game of the season. But um, yeah, I think I, I'm just I'm kind of me and Luke have been saying on the WhatsApp chat, um, kind of borderline obsessed with Everton at the moment going down. So um, I'll definitely be be watching that Leicester Everton game on the Sunday um, to see what's going on there. And we're keeping an eye out for that. Um, so yeah, for me, other than the Wolves game, uh, I, I'm, I keep. I'm, it's almost like I'm a an Everton anti fan. I'm I'm kind of keeping tabs on them so much and reading up on them for sure. Goonie, obviously big Chelsea fan. Just give uh, the people a bit of a rundown on Man Knows Football, the channel, and we'll quickly come to your thoughts on Frank Lampard's Everton. Yeah, Man Knows Football. That's where you can find me. Um, you can also find me on Back Again with Troops TV. Um, yeah, we're just a football fans channel that try and talk about you know, different football teams. But I've seen something like a one-man show when I'm a Chelsea fan. I can't do too much on my own, so I just focus on Chelsea. So for now, if you want to hear some Chelsea news, you can jump in on the, you get me, on the on the channel, subscribe. Also, we do have Arsenal guests, and I'm trying to get a couple more on. But the channel's still growing, isn't it? Road to 10K. Let's make it happen. Yeah, let's get into 10K. Let's get us uh, at least half on the way. We're 
close to 1500 subs now guys so uh drop a like drop a subscribe if you can it's free and if and everything the best things in life are free uh frank lampard gurney we just mentioned him big chelsea legend and now you're a massive fan of him do you think and do you want him to keep everton up this season um i'll start off by saying this i wasn't too impressed by how he threw roman under the bus so he's in the naughty step for me right now i don't i don't hate him yeah, he's on the naughty step. He just needs a little discipline and a talking to right now. But um, would I want to see Everton go down? Personally, I don't. It's a weird one. I don't even know how to feel about it. I don't really. I'm not really too bothered whether they stay up or go down. To tell you the truth, um, in terms of Frank Lampard himself, obviously it'll be. It wouldn't be great for his record, but you've got to look at it. Before he went to the club, they was already in a rut. I think they was. It wasn't looking good for them anyway with the previous previous management. So I think it would be harsh to really blame Lamps. But he really wasn't the right man for the job. I don't think they should have appointed him for this to try and keep Everton up. Could be a horrible stain on his um, on his CV. I feel the same. I think he uh, he made the wrong decision taking this job. Because I think he, if he does take Everton down, I think his managerial career and the ladder back up to the top is going to be not reachable for him in the long term. Um, Gully, Tom, I really want Leeds to go down now. I know um, we've had conversations in the GC about Everton deserve to go down for how much money they've pissed up the wall, but the, the the sort of grief that Leeds gave us on Twitter after that 3-2 win and just it's just Leeds. And I, I want Leeds to go down. I'll come to you first, Gully, agree or not? I, I haven't got an issue with Leeds. Uh, I really don't. I think it's the Premier League's better for them being in it, if, even if it's just because... They are a bit of a, a rival to everyone, and they, they add a bit of an edge to situations. And you know, it, it's all well and good playing teams like Brighton every week, and you know, everyone being really nice to each other. Um, but you, you you need a bit of spikiness sometimes to 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 flare things up. And I think you know, Leeds United on a Friday night, you know, that game it, it had a little bit more about it. Obviously, ended up being one of the most entertaining games in the season for the neutrals and whatnot. Um, not so much for us, but. It, it it brings a little bit more to the table, and that just I think I'm with Tom on the whole. Everton need punishing for the way they've run that football club over the last few years. Hey, how badly punishment could it go? Do you think Everton could be the next Sunderland, Tom? Oh my goodness me! Um, I tell you what, man, that I, I we've seen stranger things happen, and you know. They could be the next Wolves. You know, we went down and then went down again. It, it, it could happen. But um, I, I'm just I'm just sticking to my guns on this one. And as I said, we've spoken about the amount of money that that, that team have spent on on players and the amount of the kind of carousel of managers. And, and I, I just think that mismanagement right at the top of the club, it does need to be punished. I think the modern game is is not only about quality on the pitch, but but also money and you need the right people um at the top of the food chain really just deciding where that money goes um also i, I mean it's tough though because sometimes when when I'm, I'm watching everton games at goodison park and and that the fans and how passionate they are and, and how much they can either be behind the team or how much they can they can get so angry at, at the team can sometimes remind me of of, of the way that molyneux can be sometimes and I get the passion and, you know, it, it must be difficult, you know, 
being supporting a team that's in a, in a two club city but at the same time uh, fans aside and I think that that club needs to go down before we touch on the, the Wolves Chelsea and the current Wolves news Gooney what actually happened to Chelsea and the defeat away to Everton last weekend where did it all go wrong for you and I think your microphone is on mute Gooney yeah there we go can you hear me now yeah, got you. Carry on. My bad. But um, it, it was a cocktail of things, bruv. Um, for me, it was it was the mentality leading up before the game as well. Um, the fact that Everton also, they had something to play for. And I also think a bit of complacency crept in with Chelsea as well. And at this stage of the Premier League, you can't afford to really be taking any game with any kind of complacency. And we saw that at Goodison Park. We couldn't transition the ball quick enough. Um, we was just we were terrible on the ball, man. Even just like in the final third, the, the you know the, the final pass would be too heavy, too wide. You know, strikers not finishing their dinner or even putting headers on target that they should be. Um, again, like opportunities to counter attack, several, several, several players just not really running and getting into positions, going f- um, further up the pitch, making too many passes just not seeing players making runs and then just playing the ball backwards back to defence and trying to work our way up. It's just a whole bunch of nonsense and just circus stuff going on at Chelsea at the minute, bruv. I mentioned in our GC, Gooney, about maybe as Piliqueta did his old mate a favour. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think, I, I, I hope I'm not wrong here, but that might be his first direct mistake led to a Premier League goal. In his in his history of playing at Chelsea Football Club, believe it or not, he's a top top class defender. I know his contract was sort of running down, but I think have they extended his contract? No, I don't think I don't think they will be. And respectfully, I hope they're not going to either. Um, Barcelona seem to be quite interested in him. I think it will be a good opportunity for him to go over there and play. But I, I think in terms of quality now. You know, you've got to give Aspi his thanks and acknowledge what he's done for his club. No one can take his uh, legacy away from him. But in terms of quality, he's not quite good enough to, to step forward and carry on for this club, in my opinion. What's your opinions on that, Gully? What do you, what do you make of Aspiliqueta as a defender currently? I think, I think he's clearly been a great servant to the club. You know, versatile, playing that right wing-back slot and, and kind of right-sided centre-half. He's ideal for that kind of situation. Um, but... I think the interesting thing here is when you think about, I mean, is, is Andreas Christensen staying at the club? Um, you know, Thiago Silva's obviously getting on a bit as well. Tamori was someone that, that was let go. Mark Gurr, he has all these defenders that, that seemingly are on the, you know, gone through the exit door at Chelsea and wondering what kind of succession plan is there if, if he is going to be leaving the club. I think that's the more interesting equation at the moment. I don't know if you, you have any insight on that, Ash. Um, Christensen looks pretty much 90% he'll be going to Barcelona. Rudiger, as we all know, he'll be going to um, yeah. Real Madrid. In terms of replacements, um, there's several already that have been that have been earmarked. Obviously, one that was that was popular last summer and looks like it will be a fairly easy deal to do once we get our ownership situation sorted out is uh, Jules Kunde. Yeah, uh, we've yeah. also got um, we, we've got Levi Colwell, who's who's had a very very good loan spell down in the Championship. Now I know to some they may, might be thinking, "Oh, the Championship." Personally, I think the Championship over certainly over the past five seasons has gone up levels, and I think it's good. And it's a good place where you can send you know developing 
youngsters in the Premier League to sort of get experience. It's worked for us previously uh, with one or two players. I don't see why we shouldn't be continuing to do that. Um, so I think Colwell definitely looks like one who could be ready to step in and contribute, not really just come in and just be a be a mainstay in the first team. Obviously, he's got to earn that. And and the level at Chelsea as well, you've got you can't just throw kids straight into the deep end. You can't always do that. Um and then the other one is another one called Josko uh, Vardiol as well. He's yeah. over at um Red Bull Leipzig. That's one that I've been a fan of since Dynamo. Left left footed centre back can also play at left back as well. These are the kind of players that I would like Chelsea to be looking at. M- multifaceted young players who have got, you know, a very high ceiling in terms of talent. Did I, did, did I dream a moment that Wolves were linked to Severe, um, to George Kunde? No, I think the only thing we've got to do with Kunde is he was an absolute monster against us in that uh, quarterfinal of the Europa League, wasn't he? Um, we we didn't get a kick out of him after I think well he, I think it was Diego Carlos gave away the penalty against Traore, but he was absolutely immense that day. Uh, I think Ed Marshall in the comments has just dropped a comment saying, uh, "What's he saying?" It's a bit waiting for it to load. Hats must have been on the uh, pre-pod agenda today, gents. Me and Gully did discuss it uh, off air, but sometimes you just need to accessorise, especially when you're bald-headed like me and Ash. Yeah, bald lives matter, man. I, bald, the, you, you, I mean, you talk about being bald, you don't want to see what's going on under my hat right now. So, uh, yeah, less said about that, the better. Gully needing a trim. Uh, guys, if you haven't got time to spend two and a half hours listening to the latest Wolves pod- poddy, which will congratulate them on their 250 epi- episode, uh, they released some quite interesting uh, snippets today, Nathan Julie did on Twitter, in regards to the rumoured um, bust-ups that are currently going on at the training ground, which we've all discussed. I think bust-ups happen a lot of the time, but bust-ups seem to get announced when uh, a runner defeats uh just become quite large you see on the first uh screenshot on the left uh this is tim spears talking to the group on the podcast they're a pretty tight bunch has there been disagreements yes has there been bust ups no is there mutiny no what is different at the moment at wolves is that you can question bruno when nuno was in charge there was a, a fear of asking nuno or questioning his his methods or his team selections in the in the sense that it could potentially negatively impact your career at Wolves, which I found quite an interesting comment, which we'll talk on in a second. Apparently, Johnny's not comfortable playing at right wing back, which he's been called been called upon a few times this season. He came on at half time on Saturday when Samado, who's unfortunate for the rest of the season, couldn't continue. Um, obviously, if there was an issue, then he wouldn't have come on. Uh, ditto to Raul, who came on at halftime, because apparently there was rumours of Johnny and Raul having a fallout with uh, Bruno. The interesting one is Daniel Powell has been injured for uh, quite a bit recently with a foot injury. Mm. Apparently, he's been re- requested to play uh, with the uh, the use of injections, but he's unwilling to do that at the moment. What was your, your thoughts on, on that, Tom? The fact that Powell doesn't <laughs> want to play through injections, me personally, I, f- I think he's within his right, but it is a key part of the season where he's massively needed. Yeah, I <clears throat> I, I tend to agree with you, Dan. Um, I think that, you know, as a professional footballer who probably sees his career, <clears throat> you know, ahead of him going for years and years and years, it never sounds right when someone is asked to 
play in the Premier League, in, in the best league in the world, where the expectations are so high when you're not fully fit and you have to artificially make yourself fit. That I, I think we could all agree that that kind of makes makes one feel uneasy. Now, in regards to the way that the season's going, I think, look, how do I put this? If potentially we were pushing for a Champions League spot or something like that, and we are in a really good form, then maybe Podence would, would potentially reconsider his position. But I think I, I've got no animosity against that decision from Podence. I think from where we are um, and, the, and the form that we've been in, um, I, I, can, I can understand where he's coming from with that one personally. I'm a massive fan of Pardon's Gully as, as well as yourself. And I know you're a keen football manager player, so you would be asking him to take an injection, wouldn't you, Gully? I, to be fair, I can't ever remember actually clicking that button, if I'm being brutally honest. Um, it's an interesting one, though, just because I think, like, remember Pardon's coming back a little bit early at the back end of last season uh, from an injury. And he came into the team and he was genuinely terrible. Um, like, he, he, he looked like he was injured while he was playing. And I wonder if, you know, the, the talk of this kind of Nuno era where you don't question the manager, I wonder if he was put under pressure to actually make this kind of decision, maybe at the back end of last season. We all know at the start of this season, he was he was a little bit late coming back into the team. Um, started at Forest away, I think, was the first one. Um, was unbelievable that day. Um, and then really got, got into a good, good run of form. And now he's missing again. I think... The, the, the funny one for me was the fact that Ruben Neves came back into the game, uh, into the team last week, having expected him to maybe not even be around for the rest of the season. And you wonder if he's, you know, put his hand up and said, look, if you need me, I'll, I'll go through whatever you need me to go through to kind of start a game. And I, I tweeted that day saying, like, Potence probably needs to have a, look, a little bit of a look at himself if Neves is recovering to that extent or if he's put, putting his body through the limits to actually play. I think this stuff goes on a lot more than we probably know about. Um, but if he's not happy doing it, then, and it, let's be fair, if he's not going to then end up actually playing well, it's far worse for him to take the injections, play badly, and then, you know, it be of no use to anybody than, than actually just sit out the team and, you know, potentially let a 100% fit player actually have a run. What was your thoughts, Gully, on Ruben only being sort of pre-arranged to just play the first half on Saturday. If he's if he's not a hundred percent fit, should he be playing at all? I I thought it was a strange one for me. Um seemed desperate I, to me. It yeah it did. It did. And if you're being really honest, um how many teams players can get away with just playing forty five minutes and having an impact on a game? I don't think there are that many in the Premier League at all really. Um so I'd much rather give a run out to someone like Kundal, who was able to probably, you know, contribute a bit more effectively over over 90 minutes, obviously. But the other thing you're doing, and which we found um, to our detriment in, in the game on Brighton, was you've taken away a substitution straight away. We obviously made two substitutions at half-time. So Mado then goes down with an injury, you know, early on in the second half. And then you're killed, you know, you've got no chance of actually trying to affect the game from the bench um, thereafter. I mean, it wouldn't have made a difference, I'm sure, but you need that substitution in your back pocket sometimes. You know, someone like Giacchino would might have been able to bring something to the table uh, against Brighton, but he was killed just because Johnny had to come on for Samedo at that point as well. Like I mentioned, I, I saw it as a massive 
desperate act by Bruno and the way that that team played on Saturday didn't suggest that they, as a squad, knew how desperate a win was needed on Saturday. How, how annoyed was you with the performance, Tom? Yeah, I, I mean, when you talk about desperation, um, it's a shame for us to admit that that's not the first time that we've seen Bruno act in desperation this season too. Um, I think I remember... Um, I think it was against Brentford when we were really pushing to try and to try and get something out of the game. And I think at one point we had like five forwards on the pitch with no real formation and no real structure. And it's just this consistent lack of plan B when when the game plan isn't working. What can we do and what can we switch to? And it, it also got me thinking about the fact that, you know, in that in that great season we had, well, the two great seasons we had when, when when we first got promoted and then and then we were in the Europa League, we got to think about the fact that we had no real massive injuries, and it just seems like the past two three years when we have, and I think it's fair to see, say, been plagued with injuries across the pitch. We really can't handle that, and um, you know it, it, it's just a shame that one could argue that that Bruno is not the man to necessarily deal or. And, and and diagnose those those kind of problems within his team when when you're up against it that way and um, it, the consequence of that was, was Brighton uh, absolutely. Gooney, I know you obviously had a bad defeat away at Everton, but how much comfort did you see? Did you find? Uh, did you take in seeing Wolves get hammered at home to Brighton, knowing that, knowing that you had Wolves next? Still doesn't give me much at all. In fact, it worries me even more because now you're on the back foot. Do you know what I mean? And teams that are, that are backed into a corner at this point facing Chelsea is the right time to be facing Chelsea. Um, personally, I, I don't have any confidence of taking three points from this game for being 100%. There's nothing from the last game or the game previous to that that can point for me where we're going to be successful in this. Because regardless of you losing 3-0 against Brighton, I have to respect that the fact that Bruno Lage sets up Wolves in a very good way defensively too, and it can be very difficult to break down. And that's one of our main, main weaknesses in this squad is that we're two problems. Sometimes we are unable to, you know, get in behind defences. And when we do do that, we don't take opportunities. And I think they're not going to be as many as what we're used to against you lot. So just based on that fact, I don't have the most confidence at all. And I, I, I trust that you lot would be more clinical in front of goal than us. He's definitely not <laughs> been watching Wolves recently, guys. He, is, he yeah. has not been watching Wolves recently to think that we're going to be more clinical than Chelsea. Look at sort of uh, the season stats this season. <laughs> Wolves are averaging a goal a game, Goonie. It's, Bruv, it's terrible. Listen, listen, I'm going off previous form there's not much in between the two teams if that's the case then in front of goal bruv we are so hot do you think it's i mean we we obviously kind of play a similar system do you think uh, a lot of it has to do with sticking to that shape a little bit too much because we we need to i think we need to break away from the three at the back and, and and give ourselves a little bit more of a chance going forward I, I think for us it's more the personnel because we relied very that system works best when when Chilwell and Reese James are both in this team because most of our attacks we 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 come from wide we stretch the pitch do you know what I mean we overload one side of the field we set up triangles on one side and if you don't have a uh, a wing back that's mobile enough to get up and down and do defensive job properly 
and it becomes difficult to do that job. Then you start finding players that are isolated up top. You know, rather than having three, rather than having the three triangles, you ain't got two players. Sometimes you've only got the one who doesn't even know which player to find. So, yeah, it's just I, I, I don't know if it's the fact that we need to change up the system again. I think it's the personnel that's in in the squad that's not really fitting um, what Tuchel's asking them to do. But this is the thing: is I can't blame the manager because um, Lampard before him. Um, even Sarri before before him, they were all saying there's an issue with the mentality of a lot of these players and it's hard to get a tune out of them for 38 games in a season. So I'm not surprised seeing this either. Do you see any similarities to that, Tom, in regards to maybe it's not the system but the personnel at Wolves where it's going a bit wrong, specifically our front three? I mean, I think I think there's an argument there for sure. Um when we talk about the personnel, I mean, if we're going to name names, I think we, we, we could all argue that Trinkau and Wang have, have not necessarily, um, they've not necessarily kind of, you know, lit the Premier League by, by storm or, or, or made a huge impression on us as Wolves fans. And for that reason, I guess, yeah, when it comes to personnel, um, a couple of, of signings have not lived up to expectations and also personnel like Neto from once again no fault of his own is, has, has had a, a bad injury and I think Jimenez I know Luke said on the last podcast as well about maybe it's his time to go in the summer and bow out gracefully before he, he spends another season here and, and potentially you know doesn't even hit five goals who knows I mean um, the guy's confidence is shot to bits and, and, and there's an argument that, that the fitness has taken a knock too I mean um, so yeah I think Potentially, if, if if Bruno was really allowed to to have a setup that fit matches his philosophy completely, and he wasn't adopting a play um, a set of players who were playing under a different philosophy with with Nuno, then then it could be different. But you've got to give the man his credit on his in his first season, even though there has been times when he's not necessarily we've not necessarily been convinced that he has a complete um, handle on how a match or, or a game is going. To, to be up there eighth or ninth in his first season, filling the shoes of a manager who, for better or for worse, is, is kind of a cult hero in, in recent memory. Um, uh, we can't we can't slate him too much, even even with recent form, in my opinion. Golly, Tom mentioned Podence and his fitness and, and whatnot. You're our resident tactician. Our win percentage when Podence plays says he's key for us, doesn't it? I've been saying it for months, man. Like it's 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 clear and obvious that we don't move the ball into the final third anywhere near well enough without him in the, in the team. And I'm not saying that you know he's the answer to all of our problems or anything. I think given the limitations of the system that we play, and like Vash has alluded to, we we aren't getting enough from the wing backs, and that's so important to this system. You know, he's he's actually doing really well, basically, with one arm tied behind his back. If he had a few more options around the box with him, if he had better players to kind of work off, I think you're looking at a player who's, you know, creating 10, 12 goals a season, you know, chipping in with six, seven himself because he's a good finisher and composed as well when he gets into those positions. But to be producing the levels that he has done in the team and the way how kind of profligate we've been in front of goal, I think he's been one of our best players by far this season. And and 
<laughs> we need to figure out a way of playing without him because like, we haven't got one. I mean, you look at those stats, Wolves averaging a goal a game, conceding the, conceding the same average as Chelsea uh, per game, 0.9. But our draws this season have just been terrible. We've just, we haven't been able to stink games out and just get a, a point in some of those 15 defeats. Lose on Saturday and we're now sort of uh, in a position where we've lost more more games than we've won, which is massively disappointing considering the run that we went on in January and February. Um where does where how does this game pan out for you on on Saturday, Guna? I thought you said I thought you said Gali for a sec. Um, it's, it, again, man. It, in in what can you can you repeat the question? Like, in what in what sense do you mean that? <laughs> how is this game going to be won and lost from both teams? Obviously, you look at the form guide there. Um, Chelsea have uh, lost two out of the last five. Wolves have lost four out of the last five. But we we haven't conceded a goal in what's, what's coming up to a month now since the two one home win against Villa. Well, um, I th- I think for I think for you lot, it's gonna it's gonna be key that you lot stay compact and do the quote unquote low block because we seem to be very very weak against that. Um, I'm not again. I haven't been watching Wolves week in week out. I don't know how good your counter attack is either. Um, if you can get numbers forward that pace, uh, if you can continue to press us, especially in the midfield, depending on who's starting. Certainly, if Jorginho is there, uh, I would encourage one of your midfielders to be pressing, pressing onto him, not allowing him to have time on the ball because obviously he's the one that really has the ability to dictate play in that midfield. But um. I think for you, that's that, that's how you should really be approaching the game in terms of Chelsea. You know, we've just we, we've just got to figure out getting transitioning the ball quicker. You know, finding opportunities where you are perhaps out of shape from trying to come forward and 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 trying to steal a goal where we can actually get forward and try and hit you as well, or even even still just being brave and 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 not abandoning the plan to just get in behind uh, the defense and not just keep going backwards all the time because. Look, teams, when Chelsea have the ball in front of that defence, 90% of the Premier League is happy with it because they know we're just going to run out of ideas and eventually lose possession. So, again, it's a very strange time for me to be able to pick exactly tactically where I think we could succeed because everybody as a collective has been poor. So, it's, I mean, I'm just very much in a situation where I'm in limbo. I couldn't tell you where it's coming from because there's so much up and down in forming the team. The team itself, the form is just not good. So I can't, I cannot, I honestly cannot see where we're going to get this win from, bruv. There's a few changes from our last game. Obviously, Ruben Neves came back. Uh, Ryan Aitnori came in at left wing back, replacing uh, Johnny and Samado was at right wing back. Samado, as we mentioned earlier, is out for the rest of the season. Do you see any of that back three Um being replaced, Tom. Obviously, Willie Bolly had a bit of a stinker given the, the penalty away. Roman Soyes is apparently in contract negotiations with Wolves, but apparently wants more money than Wolves are currently willing to offer with uh, options to go abroad for the Moroccan. I mean, it's a really, really difficult one. Um, you're right. Bolly had a really, really terrible game on the weekend. Um, do I think that's enough to drop him? I'm not too sure. Um I mean, I'm looking at that bench that we've had that we had last um, for last time round as well, and you know, it, it, it's one of those where we're really working with with a small amount of players. I could potentially see maybe um, Totti Gomez coming in. Um, 
making an appearance towards the end of the se- uh, towards the end of the season. Um, and I guess that kind of is, um, when it comes to that singing from the same hymn sheet as Gully, with with maybe giving Cundler run out, just maybe giving these players who have been on on the periphery of the team um, uh, throughout the season um, a real chance to shine against against the team that are going to be quite challenging. With the the mention that Soyes is apparently having a bit of a contract wrangle with the club, Gully, do you sort of agree with Tom's feelings about Totti maybe coming in, maybe start preparing for next season without Soyes? Yeah, I, I just think to be fair to to, to Totti, he's, he's he's played well when when he has been in the side. I think he played uh, what Brentford, and there was a home game that we won that he played as well as Southampton, I think, um, and. He's looked capable, especially kind of with his athleticism and um, kind of raw defending kind of qualities. He he looks there. He looks capable. Um, question marks maybe over his ability to progress the ball. And compared to Sace, he's he's not going to be anywhere near those levels, obviously, because Sace is one of the best in the league at that. But I just feel he would benefit a hell of a lot more from playing the four games left this season than than Sace will, especially if. He has got these offers, and I don't blame him going to a top side in France if if he's got an offer on the table from there. Potentially having a Champions League run next season somewhere. He's 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 been a great servant to the club. His his limitations have been shown up, and we need to move in a different direction now. It's it's mad to think that it was Paul Lambert who signed him, isn't it? It's it's crazy, and that all these years was, later he's really been. It was, able to it was Zenga, was it? I, th- I thought it was Zenga first. Oh, was it Zenga? I mean, even yeah. Worse, but, um, uh, he made yeah, his debut apologies. at Newcastle under Zenga, didn't he? Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Walter Zenga. Geez. So, I mean, you know, I guess all credit to Walter Zenga for, for picking that one out because, as as as, as um, Gully said, he's been a servant for the club. And, you know, some of the best memories in, in recent years have been him on the pitch. Just want to congratulate Raul Jimenez and his wife, Daniela, on the birth of their son, Ander, who came uh, late last night. Do you think Raul will be given the thankless task of playing up front for Wolves on Saturday, Gully? <laughs> I think if 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 Bruno's treatment of Fabio Silva is anything to go by, then then yeah. Uh, what I will say is that forty five minutes that that Raul served up against Brighton is the worst I've I've ever seen him play. I think it was it was quite embarrassing watching him kind of throw himself to the ground at every opportunity trying to win a free kick. The build up to the second goal was largely down to him trying to turn in front of in front of the penalty area and losing the ball. Um, so I mean I've. We've been saying this ever since he got sent off at uh, Manchester City. He, he owes us one. He owes us something because he's been a detriment to the team on a couple of occasions this season where you know he's such a talisman for us before and he just looks really frustrated with his game at the moment. And, you know, hopefully he can kind of snap out of that. But otherwise, again, another opportunity where I'd suggest Fabio Silva is going to gain more from the four games left this season than Raul will. It's it's, it's I, I've got to pick up on that. Sorry, with with that Raúl Jiménez one as well. Like, you're right. I think it, it's this when he's got the back to his back to go and some of these turns that he's trying to pull off. He, he does just give away possession. It's it's really careless, and I think that is the most frustrating thing. There's just a complete lack of composure. Which three seasons ago we would never have dreamt of, of saying that that he's a player who can sometimes lack composure, but. Uh, I must admit that it is really frustrating to watch him play at the moment. Do you see any uh, changes to your lineup there, Gurney? Obviously, we mentioned uh, Romain Soyes coming towards the end of his 
uh, Wolves contract. You've got Antonio Rudiger there who's coming to the end. He's actually already pre-arranged to sign for Real Madrid. Mm-hmm. I've got Trevor Chalabar in my fantasy Premier League side and I'm, I'm wondering... He he actually played in I think the one 0 win out of West Ham and hasn't featured since. Yeah, yeah, that's actually somebody I've been asking why he's not been trusted to step back into the lineup, especially uh, against Everton. I felt that he should have really been playing ahead of uh, Aspiliqueta. Um, but my thing is, is that in terms of the players leaving, because we don't really have the luxury of of choice, quite a few of our defenders leaving. Some of them have to play for this game. Um, as Piliqueta would be sitting this one out for me, I would bring, um, I would bring back either Christensen or, or Chalaba for this. I'm leaning more towards Chalaba um, because I feel like he deserves a chance to play. And Christensen, he's been very hot and cold in terms of his performances. Um, questions whether, you know, his mind is already over at Barcelona. Um, in terms of wing back, uh, we're not really sport for choice there. Marcus Alonso has to stay. Um, midfield, I would change it because Kovacic, we did see him uh, come back against Everton, although he was operating in a strange position, defensive midfield position. It, he did still get minutes. So he's definitely got to step back into that lineup for me. He's, he's one of the first t- names on the sheet when he's fit. Um, partnering up with him. Uh, it's going to be either N'Golo Kante or Jorginho. Um, I'm going to lean more with Jorginho because I don't think he's been terrible in terms of performances. He got he annoyed me for the penalty he missed against West Ham, definitely. But um, I don't think he's he's been terrible. Um, and up top, <sighs> Lukaku cannot be trusted under any circumstances. Havertz hasn't been great in front of goal. He's missed opportunities that I would call sitters and I'd expect a traditional number nine to at least be tested a goalkeeper. But we've got to continue to trust him. And um, obviously Mason Mount stays in behind them. And to partner up with with Kai Havertz, it's got to be Timo Werner because he seems to like that, that that partnership seems to work. You know, Timo as well, By if we're being fair on him, um, by his standards, his form recently hasn't been terrible. So I can't really see why we would drop him out of the team sheet considering the other attackers, i.e. Pulisic, is your, your Lukaku's have been abysmal when we've called upon them, really. Well, I'll come quickly to your score predictions, guys. I'll come to you first, Tom. Um, I think I think Chelsea are going to win 2-1. I think that we'll give, we'll give them a good game. I like to think we'll give them a good game, but I just think with recent form, super pessimistic. But um, um, I think that, yeah, but I think I think 2-1 is probably a fair score. Goalie, our chances in West London on Saturday? I'm going to go for a hopeful nil-nil. I'm going the same. Based on the last game, I think he'll be tight again. I was saying, so I made a big save from Pulisic at the, the game at Molnero and I felt we were unlucky to have the uh, Powders goal ruled for offside, considering some of the um, the goals that have been given, specifically for me now, away at Crystal Palace was exact same replica for me. Goonie, I know you haven't given us much confidence in your boys in blue tonight, but Score prediction? I was going to say 1-1. One, one. That's been my score prediction all week for this game. I reckon I reckon you will score. I reckon we'll score first. And then what usually happens is one of two things. It's either our concentrations drop down to a level of a four-year-old or there's an um, individual error that will just give you away where you're just going to score. So I'm just going to say 1-1. One, one. I'm going to call it from now. 
hopefully we can get a result and give ourselves a little bit of glimmer that we can still nick seventh place off West Ham, who hopefully have got their uh, eyes and hearts and legs and everything else set on uh, winning the Europa League, which they're playing currently, I believe. Anyone know what the score is? No, fine, and we'll come back to that at another <laughs> point. Guys, we're going to go to a little bit of um, just the quiz before we end the show. And uh, Guna, you can stay along for this. It'll be a quick quiz. In, on the 5th of January, 2011, oh, Wolves beat Chelsea 1-0. Mick McCarthy getting the uh, win over Carlo Ancelotti there, as you can see on the, the picture. I want you to... Take your turns one at a time, and you need to name a player that featured in that game th- that evening. You pick a player that's wrong, you're out the game. I'll come to you first, Goonie. January 2011 oh, for Chelsea. Let's say Basingra actually scored the own goal that night. That Wolves got the three points. <laughs> <laughs> Best way Stephen to Hunt remember. Corner. Ella Kobe tried to claim it, but Basingra went uh, on the score sheet thanks to the dubious goals panel. I, I, I mentioned I mentioned Basingra because I had a very very distant memory of an own goal against Wolves, and I wasn't sure if it was this one. My that memory is terrible, by the way. So to remember that, I was like, yeah, it got to be. Ancelotti was under serious pressure going into that game and he was yeah. under a lot more afterwards. Tom, come to you first and Olive and John is not on the list. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I was going to take Elikobi, but you've said it, Dan. So I'm going to go Nenad Miliash. Nenad Milias was on the bench that evening and came on in the 82nd minute. That was a lucky... Lucky answer. Ooh. They need to feature in the game. Okay, great. So I'm still in the game, yeah? You're still in the game for now. Gully? Well, I had Stephen Hunt lined up because he took that corner, didn't he? Um, but you've already mentioned him, like I say. So. I need to get him well, moving that's quickly because there's that many players to go hat. through here. Fucking hell. Okay, all right. Kevin Doyle. Kevin Doyle run the line, ran the channels and got substituted in the 70th minute. Goonie? Um, sorry, what was, what was the question again? Real quick. What what player featured in this game in 2011? And I want to make sure that you're not using your phone there because I can see... Oh, no, 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 no. This is because this is obviously I've got to pick up my son. My missus is like, are you going to go? Are you going to go? Um, no, I'm not going to cheat. Another player that featured 2011. Who am I going to throw it in there? Uh, going to go with... Shit. I want to go with... I'm going to go with the bait name, actually. I'm going to go with JT. John Terry was one. Tom? Uh, I'm going to go with Carl Henry. Carl Henry. Was not in oh, the squad that oh, night, Tom. Wow. That's a big shout that's a big shout. Yep. I think maybe Kevin. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's not in the squad. I'm actually surprised that looking at the list now. Yeah, he didn't make it that night. He wasn't in the squad at all. So it's left to Gully and Gurney quickly. I'll come to you, Gully. I promise you this was lined up. Kevin Foley. <laughs> Kevin Foley's correct. Gurney. 
Michaelessian. Michaelessian was on there. We need to try and keep it a uh, bit pacey now. Gully. Okay, cool, cool. Um, Ashley Cole. Ashley Cole's correct. Ramirez. Come on, Gully. Ramirez was. Try and think of who was playing next time, Gunnar, putting it under pressure. 2011, Gully. Um, oh, God. Uh, Jody Craddock. Jody Craddock was not in the squad that day. Uh, Gooney for the win. You got to win too, actually. You got to name a player to win. Uh, Branner Ivanovic. Ivanovic. Branislav Ivanovic did play that night, and Gooney gets the win. And here he can run off to collect his son Alonso. We thank you for coming on tonight, Gooney. If you want to get yourself off, and I'll uh, I'll speak to you in the GC. Now, I appreciate you, man. Thank you very much for having me on. Big up this channel all day long, bruv. Um, send me the link so I can post on the socials as well, man. Smash up that like button, subscribe to the channel if you are new as well. Wolves fancast all day long. Peace out, people. <laughs> Have a look at some of the players that was actually missed out there. Centre-backs that night, Gully, Stearman and Berra. You could have had Ronald Zubar at right back. Mate, I was going to say Zubar, but I went for Henry because I thought that would just be such a safe choice. But Big Carly's oh, let me Matt down. Jarvis, of course. Dangerous Matt Dave Jarvis Edwards, Matt Jarvis, Stephen Fletcher. I'm surprised he went to had... top. <laughs> I can't believe no one said Lampard or Drogba. Yeah, I know. I mean, Lampard it was, it was there. It was the obvious ones for Chelsea. Petr Cech, he could have had Wayne Hennessy. Obviously, the subs that came on for Wolves that day, Ebanks, Blake, Milias and Stephen Ward. How did we beat that team? <laughs> no, but as <laughs> I said, Ancel days, Ancelotti was under days. a lot of pressure going into that game. Guys, thanks for joining me tonight. Thanks for tuning in, people, to uh, the Wolves thank us for another match preview episode in association with 90min.com and Pixel Yeti Media. Hopefully, we'll be back on Sunday with a podcast to celebrate. I mean, I'd celebrate just taking a draw, guys. I don't know about you. Just a goal. I'll well, a goal. A goal will do for me. Yeah, same here. I think a goal and a good performance, like, I'll be happy with that. Champers, if we'll score on Saturday. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Take care. Who <laughs> would be a Wolves fan, eh? Hi, this is Elton John here. Throughout my US tour last year, we heard from thousands of fans that financial security and financial planning are hugely important to them. So important that David and I are continuing this vital conversation into 2023. Together with the Alliance for Lifetime Income, I'm spreading the word about the importance of protected income, which is money you're guaranteed to get. Like me, I'm sure you have big plans for your next chapter. Protected income from an annuity helps ensure you have all your bases covered so you can have the financial freedom to tick off your bucket list. The first step is to decide what's on your bucket list. Then meet with your financial advisor to ask if you have protected income and get their help making a plan that fits your unique financial goals. Join me and my friends at the Alliance for Lifetime Income. Together, we can help make financial freedom in retirement a reality for more Americans, starting with you. Go to protectedincome.org today.